You're listening to the Industry Alchemist Podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. This episode's guest uh, had held many titles by the time he was 18. Some of those include criminal, delinquent, drug dealer, inmate, and yet his, his is a story of success. Today, he proudly claims several other titles. Entrepreneur, artist, real estate investor, style maven, music mogul, community activist, and tattoo insider. A Colorado native, Nando Mondragon has become a leader in the body art industry. With his company's certified tattoo studios, he has transformed the traditional business model of this industry and is truly leading from the heart and from a place of service to his team and the community as a whole. Thank you for agreeing to tell your story on this show, Nando. I know you've got a lot going on, so I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I uh, really appreciate the invite and and for asking me to come on and share my story. Definitely. So, um, and you know what? Before I dive in, you listeners, uh, stop what you're doing. Pull over if you're driving, whatever. You guys need to jump on Instagram and follow Nando's tag. It's at certified Nando 303. Nando spelled N-A-N-D-O 303. I don't care what business, what industry you're in, you're going to find some motivational uh, topics and just a great way of looking at things and interacting with your team from Nando. Yeah, it's definitely a unique perspective that I bring. I think uh, it's just uh, we try to whenever I try to share stories on my Instagram, it's talking to a wide, wide variety of people. I never really had a, a mentor or a person that like I could look up to, I guess. And I, I, I know there's a lot of people that are probably looking for me to help them understand how I've been able to look higher than I guess a lot of us have looked in our industry. Yeah. So uh, I want to get into your um, how you're transforming this industry. Before we do that, can you give us just whatever color you want to give us on your background? It's uh, very intriguing. I pulled that uh, a lot of that intro right off your uh, just researching you. Yeah, that's like a, that's my short biography, I guess you could say. And uh, the titles that I held are, are kind of what people tend to look at and think about the most for some reason. And, uh, you know, it took a lot for me to get to become the person that I am today. And I think, you know, when you think back of me as an 18 year old being an inmate and a drug dealer and all these things, it tends to be the, the label that I've had to wear. And that's why I try to lead with that sometimes. But uh, I'm in a 2.0 version right now and I'm trying to like turn over a new leaf and, and show proof that I've been doing that for a number of years. So. This is kind of like my coming out party, I guess you could say, to a, a new person and a new persona. But I'm a Denver native, born and raised in Denver, Colorado. I am a, a proud West Denver native and grew up at my dad's tattoo. Or my dad owned an art gallery in the West Side on 10th and Santa Fe and got some roots in the art community, really uh, just kind of growing up in the hood, doing my own thing and understanding life through my own lens. And by doing that, I kind of grew up looking up to the drug dealers and not my dad, a typical young idiot. And uh, 
I, I just started to go down the wrong path of, of, you know, I saw the young guys just a few years older than me driving the cool cars and, and living a life that looked really awesome compared to what my father was doing. My dad was a respected business owner in the community. He cared about his community and he gave back to it. And, uh, you know, now as an older adult, after have made mistakes that led me to being incarcerated for a number of years at the age of 18, I started to look up to my dad. I started to see that hard work pays off and having a, a level of integrity that I do now, it's gonna take me to better places. So, you know, I've been I've been free from prison since 2006 and, and have been trying to uh, scratch my way out to a, some kind of legitimacy, I guess you could say, by proving to the community that I have turned it around and uh, that is where I am now. We've been in business. This March will be 16 years we've been open here in Denver. And, wow. Uh, pretty big milestone. I think we don't pat ourselves on the back enough for, but we've we've been profitable for 16 years. We, we didn't understand what that meant when I started. There was no we, it was just me. So um, now today I, I run a pretty decent sized small business here in Colorado. We have six tattoo studios roughly 65 artists working for us and uh yeah successful we're doing really good yeah uh, you know i don't want to get into the numbers but uh, i think anybody that is listening to this podcast wouldn't believe it if i said it because every time i've shared that information with anybody outside of our world they can't believe it because the people in our world don't and uh, i would say we're probably one of the most successful tattoo companies in the world and we have our sights on growing and continue to grow this business model across the globe. Right now we, um, we're opening studios, so it's a growth pattern that we're in right now. Business is good, we're giving back to the community. I have a tattoo academy that we're creating. It'll be the first fully accredited tattoo academy in the country. Jeez. We're going for federal accreditation, which means we'll be the first and only tattoo degree that has ever been available in the world like you will be able to get an associate's degree in tattooing and it's going to be through our academy and uh, there's a lot of history there too but just trying to figure out a way to help more people in the community was the point of that and that's kind of where yeah. we are today so yeah and i saw uh, on your instagram story a few days ago actually you guys had some celebration dinner for the first round of graduates or yeah, so that was the, the first time we did a group graduation and we had five students graduating from the Tattoo Academy. They've all been tattooing here through the phases for about six months now and they're pretty successful. They're, they're probably what I would compare to a five-year tattoo artist that goes through the normal pathways to get here, which is really difficult and covered in secrecy and there is no real pathway to becoming a tattoo right. artist now. So. It's, uh, it's been awesome. I think uh, we're, we're super proud of them. If you saw that event, man, we had hundreds of people here. Yeah, you had was, a ton. It was, I mean, it was a... completely different from anything anyone's ever seen from the tattoo industry, and uh, we're changing lives with it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, the celebration that was clear and how proud they were and, like, the support that they were. I'd give them was... recognition, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a, this is a tough business to be in. It's very serious. I think it's been kind of looked at as a a dark outlaw kind of industry for a long time but even you you're a great example that that's not what it is anymore people right. just enjoy expressing themselves and they want to be able to uh, tell a story through their tattoos and we built a place that's a better experience for you so people feel comfortable coming in and doing that now when normally they weren't comfortable and they right. weren't really welcome in here either 
Um, so you were 18 years old. You were sitting in a cell somewhere. What was the, if you know, what was the catalyst? What was that thing that you started saying, what, what am I doing? Like, what caused the shift? I think that was the, you know, the moment in my life where I realized that, you know, nobody could come save me. My, my, my neighborhood, my friends, my family, my girlfriend, nobody at that time could come and save me. Mm. And it just was real. I yeah. was, I was out of state. I, I was, I was arrested on the Las Vegas strip and, um, went to jail in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I didn't know anyone. So I was alone. I was 18 years old. I was in jail for the first time. And there's some bad dudes in that jail system. It's oh, a man. lot different from Colorado. And I, you know, I had been in jail here, County and stuff, but it was hard, bro. And I had to face the reality and the fears and, and all these things about what I had just done that I might be here for the rest of my life set in. Wow. And, you know, going through that denial, the phases of, man, I, I just threw my entire life away at 18 years old and, and I didn't want to justify that. I wanted to keep hope. And I guess realizing there definitely was something wrong with me. There was decisions that I was making that were completely built on an erroneous kind of foundation that was fed to me from my my neighborhood and, and my system that I grew up in, I yeah. guess, believing in that stuff. So I just looked in and I, I started trying to think about what could I do to, to change the way that I think. And, you know, something that I have not really shared publicly is I spent about 10 months in the hole. And that's like locking yourself in the closet wow. by yourself with nothing for 10 months. And it's hard not to reflect. You can so do nothing but look in. Well, whether you, you want to or not, you're going to look in. Yeah. And we didn't have mirrors, so you, you really are just thinking. And, and I didn't want to beat myself up or feel bad. I try not to stay down very long. And, uh, you know, a quote my sister Robin has told me in the past is if she's not up, she's getting up. And that's kind of how our family is. It's always like finding forward progress. So even when I was incarcerated, I was looking for ways to improve. I was reading books and I was part of a little network of guys in there that was just reading everything we mm. got our hands on. And we would tear books in three pieces and one guy would read the first third, the second guy would read it, and we would share it like that. So everyone was always reading. But that was what made me start to see there are different perspectives out here. And, you know, if you read a book, that's a person that put a lot of time and effort and thinking into a certain subject. Mm. And it just started to open my mind to other things. And I started to dream and think and, and remember bad experiences that I had that I wanted to change. I was only 18, so I didn't have very many experiences. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to change drug dealing. I wanted to never look back at it again. So, you know, Tattooing was in my head. I was thinking tattooing in there. I learned to tattoo in prison illegally. I did them in there, and uh, it wasn't quite what it was now, like what it is now. You, you see it on TV, and uh, you see celebrities getting tattoos and doing tattoos on TMZ, and it's it's generally more accepted. At that time, it wasn't, so I just did it. It was a, a means to feed myself a, a top ramen on the weekend when I was tattooing in there, and then when I came home, yeah. It was on TV and it started to become a thing and I just kind of stumbled into it and the business person in me and then also following some of the cues from my dad, I wanted to improve it. I didn't, I saw things in it that I hated. I didn't like the, the dark outlaw feel to it, even though I was clearly one of those people. <laughs> right. Inside, I wasn't. I was a scared little boy that was afraid for my life and decided to pick up a weapon instead of 
learn more about myself and learn mm. how to control it. I was afraid, so I shot at people and then did whatever I could to keep anyone from harming me. But that was where the shift came. And now I'm saying, how can I help other people instead of like hurting my community? And through tattooing, it was survival in the beginning. We were just tattooing because that's what we did, and I could make a little bit of money and uh, create art that I liked, and it was part of my culture. But throughout the years, I've I've heard other people come into my shops and, and tell me experiences they've had with sexual assault from tattoo artists, racism from tattoo shops, shop owners being rude, abuse, hazing. Like, it's, it's a lot of really, really disgusting things that happen in Jeez. this and it's just overlooked or people don't know the general public don't know and that was what i was out to solve was to to create that because our our industry is very difficult there it's not like any other you can't just get a real estate license and start selling real estate over here if a business person comes into this they're not gonna be accepted almost it's like a, right. you're, you're you're rejecting the body part because you are not an inside person they're going to almost make it impossible so we haven't had a person like me that cared about the other side yeah tattoo shop owners have generally only carried about they've only cared about the tattoo artist experience they've cared only about their ego and and what being a shop owner means and I never understood that. It wasn't, it didn't make sense because as a consumer, I would go into a tattoo studio and they would treat me like crap and, and they were super rude and, and I didn't understand it because I respect art. Right. I wanted really good art yeah. and I had money and I had skin and I didn't, I just didn't get it. So we set off on this journey to revolutionize this ancient craft one tattoo at a time. And wow. That's where we are. Yeah, I love your tagline. It's, uh, Anyone with skin is welcome or something like that. Yeah, that one's a little cool. subliminal there. I think yeah. a lot of people don't get that sometimes, but it's funny. So if you're yeah. just a normal 18-year-old person that sees that, it's cool. It's like, yeah, but you don't know that also signifies how much racism and, and you know, people hate women in tattooing. They hate minorities in tattooing. They hate transgender, gay, all the things that it, the world hates sometimes. Yeah. And we're the exact opposite here. I welcome that. I, this is a safe place for anyone because it's hard enough out here. Yep. And if you have to come to a place to express yourself through art and feel like you don't fit in, that's that's unacceptable to me. Because if you're transgender, it's hard already. You got yeah. everywhere you go, you have to feel like you're not accepted because you were born in the wrong body. Mm -hmm. And that's, you think somebody would choose that? You think somebody would want that and, and go through all of that for no that reason? Hardship, it's crazy, yeah. but this needs to become a home where they, anyone is, with skin is welcome. Oddly enough, this typically and historically has been a place where not many people are welcome. Mm -hmm. Tattoo studios, shops, any of the things you've heard in the past about them was very, very turn away. You don't belong. You're not tattooed enough to be here. You're not cool. You're not in the club. You're not a part of this club. Yep. And to me, as a person that's always kind of stuck up for the nerd, it I hated that. And I, I wanted to build something bigger, and that's exactly what we did. And now it's for everyone and the people that tried to gatekeep it so that women, minorities, and anyone that didn't fit their box couldn't get in while well, we made it so much bigger that they barely fit in. There. Right, <laughs> yeah. So I love, and this relates to you as an individual and this industry, uh, there's a sense of this doesn't have to be my story. I can rewrite my story. And then for the industry, it doesn't have to be this way. The, the way it's always been done, I'm going to rewrite this story 
about how this industry works. And that's really what's driving everything you're up to. That's what's driving like, me. I mean, yeah. I'm having to reinvent myself literally on this podcast and, and try to speak from a place where I'm authentically myself mm -hmm. and I'm not this mean person that has been personified through my record from 20 years ago or the worst decision that I ever made at 18 years old has defined me ever since. Yeah. I paid my time. I did it. I did parole. I finished it successfully. I've done everything that society would expect from me to show that I am a, an active and positive member of society and I'm still not accepted. And it's hard because I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. How do I get back on my feet? And it's been extremely difficult, even as much as like the prejudice that I go through still. Yeah. I don't own any of my businesses in Denver. Mm -hmm. That's weird. They're yeah. not legally owned by me because the city and county of Denver and the, the excise and license people completely discriminated against me during my divorce. Really? Based huh. on lies. It was not even real. And it was just kind of things that it was a, a situation that was happening between me and my ex privately that spilled over to that. Yeah. And now they will not allow me to own a business wow. in Denver with no explanation, no real reason, no documents or policies or anything. Like, yeah. I, and I just don't, is it worth the fight for me? And I don't think it is. It's better for me to set an example for others that you can turn it around. And people aren't going to believe that you turn it around. And they're going to doubt it and disbelieve. And it doesn't really matter. Because the other half of the world that does know who I used to be and sees it, and then the other half that sees me now, they just like that guy. Exactly. I'm a good guy right now today. And like <laughs> what I used to do is different. If I was, I was making bad decisions. You can hear me. I don't say that I made a mistake. Right. I learned that a long, long time ago that that was just a bad choice. Like I made terrible choices and that led me into terrible places. And when I stopped making those, now I'm in a better place. My business is the same thing. This is a dark cloud over the world that nobody will ever acknowledge or talk about that it has been okay for people to feel unwelcomed and bullied at tattoo studios and women feeling uncomfortable because a tattoo artist is saying weird stuff in her ear while he's tattooing her. And that's, Jeez. that's kind of the tide that I'm having to fight against at the same time while proving this is actually an amazing place, not just a acceptable place. It's not just an okay business. This is welcoming. This is huge. This is revolutionary. We're going for like a four seasons experience at a tattoo studio. Yep. And I want people to come in here and we, we talk to our staff about that. I want a person to come to our studio and say, I had a better experience when I was at certified tattoo studios than when I was at the four seasons. Mm -hmm. and, and it's possible, but nobody else has really seen that opportunity and wanted to give it to the world. So I think that was the only thing that, you know, if you, kind of put those two paths onto one it's me trying to change minds while also creating something better for the future for myself and for the tattoo community well something i talk about a lot is the the way people view us has everything to do with our actions so as you you know the actions that you took when you were much younger uh helped you know created a certain view for people in the world <laughs> The actions you're taking now are creating a, a different, you know, persona of you in the world. And I'll, I'll speak from experience. The way we got connected is I got my very first tattoo uh, at this Lake, Lakewood location from Kevin right downstairs. And uh, I was just the experience I had 
And I'm always, I'm just such an entrepreneurial uh, person that I just watch how everything operates and interacts. And I was just unbelievable. I was amazed at, it just seemed like such a well-oiled machine and something I've never seen before in this industry. And I, then I, when I came back for touch-ups, I had the pleasure of meeting you because you came and said hi to Kevin for a minute. And I'm like, dude, I've got to hear this story. What, how do you take an industry that traditionally is just individual entrepreneurs, you know, with one seat, one chair at, you know, all over, you know, East Colfax, West Colfax, wherever else, and revolutionize this to where artists all over that are super entrepreneurial want to be a part of what you're building here. And that's literally what's happening. And now you've got this new location in Colorado Springs. You have another one on East Colfax, don't you? Yeah, uh, there's a total of six and there's a, well, there's a total of three in Colorado Springs yep. right now. So oh, wow. There was a one, one move. We did it pretty quickly down there and opened three. So, but yeah, that's it, man. It was, it was seeing that before other people tended to see it and, and creating an opportunity. And I, I've, I've done so many case studies on businesses and understanding just removing names and, and industry types and, and what the service is. We've figured out exactly what this is, and I've compared it to things like that, but we're in like the industrial revolution age of our industry. Absolutely. I can Heinz catch up this business and, yeah. and turn it into something better. I, I love I, that it's, analogy. It's That's hard great. because somebody else has tried it. Other people are wanting to do it and consolidate it, but we're, we're different. Tattoo artists are just different people types. And, you know, Kevin's a good example because he initially had turned down my offer to come work here. And I just give a typical offer just like you would in any other business. Our industry is different because all the artists just doubt it. They're like, nah, that sounds too good to be true. Yeah. And they just turn it down. And they don't really, if you're in any other business type, they would acknowledge some of the things and, and talk to you and have a conversation. Ours is not that way. So as I'm trying to create this kind of NFL network for us, where there's teams across the nation and stadiums and really, really big things happening, there's this general doubt that how are you going to turn this weird sport called football that we're just playing into all of this stuff you're talking about right, yeah. from guys like that, that just are not, it's, they're generally just skeptical because for the past I, roughly a hundred years, I guess you could say there, there has been tattooing as a business in the United States and it hasn't been the greatest experience for clients and it hasn't been a great experience for an artist either. So I just saw it. I, I the vision has always been there. And as I get closer, closer, and I, I reinvest every dollar I've ever made in the company and I have real estate investments that I also pour my, my money into this from, we built something huge. We, we have a, yeah. a really, really big size company and, uh, we're a sales and marketing company. That's what we do, and we're really good at that. But artists now can be themselves. They don't have to think about some of the things they typically did. That allows them to focus. They can still be a little quirky. They don't have to be charismatic, funny. They can just be themselves. Whatever. If they are that, that's awesome. But yeah. now, because as an artist, I was not that. As a business owner and a leader, I have to be. But as a tattoo artist... I put my headphones on and I put my head down and I focus. Yeah, you do your magic. You but do I your, can switch. And these guys can, at. though. They, right. And that's hard for a guy that's quiet and kind of, you know, an introvert to have to sell himself. So we've gotten some of the best salespeople. We've put together a team and, and they're they're able to help clients with this customer service level that they're used to. And 
it's just kind of an overall kind of um, amazing network that I'm building. And yeah. there's some really, really huge ambitions for it too that I'm working on as well. How, do you have um, do you have a advisory board helping you think of ideas or people you collaborate with about like, oh my God, you know, it would be a cool idea is this, you know, what if we had an academy where we get new artists? Yeah, I mean... I, I, I'll just be honest, man. I'm a, I'm a know-it-all. I think I'm <laughs> the smartest guy all the time. And, and I've also obsessively thought about everything from a very, uh, I wasn't welcome, so I'm going to build my own kind yep. of thing. And yep. I've created the biggest table there is. I, I don't know any other studio in the entire world that has 65 tattoo artists working for one company. At one location. And yep. that just doesn't make sense. And, and I guess... I don't know. What was the question again? I don't remember. Just that, like, you know, it, it's many times it is very difficult being an oh, innovative, I disruptive agree. entrepreneur. Like, are you collaborating with people to come up with these brilliant ideas that you then try to implement and a lot of them actually stick and allowed you to build what you've built here? I just really, really look for problems and I look for solutions. And I think our industry again has been built on a really quirky kind of foundation so when i saw those opportunities i fixed them for all of us and mm. I, i've created a place where whether you believe it or not the the pain points that existed are gone mm -hmm. we just we haven't needed outside help because people don't want to talk to me on the outside yeah other studios don't they don't want to hear what this is they want to assume that it's something bad mm -hmm. it's corporate and corporate tattooing sucks and and from the the very kind of insider this is what we do thing i understand what they're holding on to is that old traditional stuff but that's not what this is so i've had to kind of do this in a bubble i yeah. have had to think of things that are going to elevate our industry and the people that also somewhat assume that they hate me with their best interest at mind i think about how could this go completely wrong and then I try to mitigate those risks, mm. knowing that certain people are going to hate me if I do this, but it is eventually going to help them, too. So it's tough, but I'm lucky because I have tons of research and data that's available from case studies on Remax, Uber, yeah. uh, Chipotle. I've looked at Airbnb case studies. We, we've done a lot of interesting kind of research to understand what the market has already wanted. Yeah, the business model at its core exists it and you kind of it's use this industry it to this yeah. though and kind of like retrofitting it to an industry that doesn't want that yeah they don't want innovation they don't want disrupting is a word that i don't want to use because I, i'm not trying to disrupt anything okay and like yeah. even when we mentioned the colorado springs thing that was existing studios they had been open for 13 years it was the best tattoo studios in colorado springs and I found a way to help minimize their pain points. All of the artists were able to stay on and we made a smooth, I, I don't even know what you, it, it's merger and acquisition somewhat, but not really, like yeah. it's our own thing. It's almost like we just adopted all of these amazing artists into our family and now we're gonna teach them about our family and they're gonna have a better life. But disrupting that was never the plan. And even with that, we've had issues because those artists don't know me. They don't right. know my vision. and. When I came in, you could assume this is the big bad wolf. This is corporate. This is scary. But now they're starting to get to hear me and, and hear that, hey, I'm here to make sure we're good. I'm taking a very holistic approach to our industry because it already is amazing. 
it's already creativity at its finest and there's people that are getting amazing pieces of artwork now but yeah if we can just do that in a better way and put it into our app and have some accountability and a rating system and if you want to get a, a ride like it's uber you can get a tattoo from your artist it's right. the same kind of thing you can rate them and leave a little review for them that's kind of the plan and i don't want to disrupt that i just want to give it to people that are not tattoo artists so that they can get tattoos. That's what people really want. Yeah. And disrupting that is just an issue that I don't want. I don't want to hurt anybody in the tattoo industry that exists that has had to build in this garden with bad dirt almost. I want to give them better dirt. I want to bring more seeds into this ecosystem and help everybody thrive before they even think it's something bad. It's mm -hmm. kind of the hopes, but long story short on the advisory board is I have a very long list of people. It's almost like in my home office, it, it looks like a FBI most wanted kind of thing. And yeah. like, I just have faces with lines going to all these different tattoo artists around the world that I want to work with. And that I, I've created a, a wish list almost. I have a hundred names for, it's called the tattoo or the, the board of tattooers is what we're calling it. And right now it's just a list that we're going to try to execute and build a group of people for that. But the basic kind of frameworks built just from my brain, from looking at it myself and seeing what I can do to completely revolutionize and consolidate our industry into mm. one kind of amazing thing. And uh, so, yeah, no board of advisors right now. Yeah. Okay. What uh, you touched on one, uh, some, the mindset of someone being, pulled into your family, wrapped into your family, there could be some resistance. What other um, hurdles have you come up against as you've grown this business? Uh, the biggest hurdles is, is definitely been the kind of pre-existing conditions in our industry. There's, there is a very, very um, unspoken racism kind of thing happening. Really? It's just, yeah, yeah, it's very white man controlled and, and it was very white man controlled, I'll say. Yeah. And I think that was kind of declared, but not agreed upon by most people. Mm -hmm. And like where I'm at, I didn't, I never thought that myself. And I, you know, that just was existing. It, it is what it is. The world is the way the world kind of was, but yeah. I didn't understand what I was doing. So when I came home from prison and opened my tattoo studio, I was a block away from one of those studios and they were one of the best studios in the city. And I went to that place funny enough years before because they were so good. Right. But those guys didn't make it easy for me and they still exist. And they now act like they like black lives matter and, and they're able to kind of put camouflage on. And I remember them because they threatened to burn my shop and, you know, just Jeez. a lot of those really old school biker badass kind of things but i'm not a pushover nerd i'm i'm also a very heavily striped person from the streets too and when they met me fresh out of prison it was a different force so i think now that i've made it through those times it, it doesn't really exist anymore and like I, I joke a lot now in 22 it's completely over like that all that tough guy stuff seems to be gone for the most part within our industry for yeah. us we're not trying to kill each other and do all that stupid stuff and sabotage each other and leave bad reviews there was a lot of that really petty stuff happening and that's been difficult for me i just tuned it out i didn't care i was i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play this game with you guys on the ground level when i'm trying to build a, a skyscraper and, yeah. and go to the top with a helicopter like 
And I just started to tune it out and just focus on us. And along the way, I think the, the obstacle has been getting people to believe that there is a person with some ethics here that really wants to see the best for our community and for the artist. And I've lost hundreds of artists over the years, hundreds mm. that I've developed, taught. I've probably have four or five shops in the past two years that have spawned off directly from my DNA that I took them in as artists. I developed them. I took a brother or two in on these occasions, mm. taught them a new craft that they didn't even know. I helped alcoholics get off of that drug acts get off drugs get their lives back on track and they for whatever reason because i didn't do contracts or anything we were just kind of on a handshake deal because i was really helping somebody that clearly needed help they uh, eventually get to a point where they don't need my help anymore they're yeah. successful they're making thousands of dollars a day and there is a lack of integrity in some of those people from however they made it into tattooing that they don't get how almost it's just completely wrong to do that. You know, in business, you wouldn't do that. If you came up under somebody, you kind of you give them their due credit or whatever. There should be some kind of pre-existing agreements there or whatever. And this there just wasn't. And I think it's been hard because it's hard to build something and build a team like Remax if every other week they're running off and opening their own real estate right, company yeah. right up the street. And it looks exactly like yours, same color, same everything. And they take all of the clients that they had accumulated under this amazing brand that Certified is right. and all the things that make us different, and then they just copy it up the street. Well, the cool, the 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 way to thwart that, I think, is to build a system and a family that they there's no way they could choose to not be a part of. And yeah. that's what I think. I think my issue was I wasn't transparent enough. Yeah. I wasn't sharing what it was that I was doing with enough people. I was building in a, in a secret silo, something for all of us. Yeah. And I was building a company where we would all have ownership and equity in it. And it would have been amazing for all these guys if they knew that, but I didn't tell them. Right. If you're building a huge company that you want all of your agents to be a part of and it's company owned, then you should tell them that and, mm -hmm. and then build that. But I was also trying to keep the boat from sinking and all these other things along the way. And, and, as and a business owner, keep, it's, it's, it's stays, stays up at night thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've also come to the realization myself now that I really just want to help people. And I don't care about those things that have happened in the past. And that was kind of the point. But we have unintentionally spawned some of the best tattoo studios in the city. And now I just want to kind of minimize that because it should be one thing. Mm -hmm. It all should be ours. And, and with full transparency, I'm, I'm creating that with my team now. And, there's a leadership structure that leans right into partnership and ownership with us. So I think the difficulty for me was learning lessons on how to better communicate with people in my circle. Mm -hmm. Some of my best friends worked for me that I wanted to own studios with me so we could continue to grow. And for a lack of communication on my part and theirs, we, we didn't know that that was my vision for them, I guess. And they ended up leaving without a conversation and, that's been difficult. It's difficult to build a huge team of artists if they keep sneaking out the back door to open studios. Yeah. So. It's not dissimilar to my industry, real estate. It's uh, We're building a team that's filled with entrepreneurs. And sometimes those entrepreneurs want to go do their own thing. That's the difference, point. though. Is these yeah. guys were not entrepreneurs. Yeah. None of the people that have left. And 
luckily for us, tattoo artists make so much money. It's like yeah. getting a nice little commission sale on a house every single day. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. you don't have to give any of that up to anyone and you can keep your bills low, you're going to do pretty good. It's yeah. hard to miss. Right. If you're charging $2,000 a day, you really only need a tattoo a couple times a week to right. live a pretty good life. Right, right? Yeah. And that's not hard to manage. That's a couple DMs and text messages. Mm -hmm. But on the surface, it looks like certified. And I, I, that's cool, but the systems and the and the all the things that can cover your tattoo if something goes wrong are non-existent. And I just want to grow a system like that. But it's gonna yeah. it's gonna continue to happen, I'm sure. And like where I'm at now is more on that ecosystem. I want to build a greater place, and that's kind of the point of our app, which I haven't mentioned yet. No, yeah, this perfect segue because I was gonna next is gonna ask you where where big. are you going next with this? The app is what builds the ecosystem yeah. for tattooing. It's a um, it's a mixture of Uber, Airbnb, and WeWork. So you'll have huge 50,000 square feet or bigger locations in about 20 cities around the country. Wow. And it'll have an access for you to come in and out of the place. And it'll just, it's going to be our own little utopia kind of heaven on earth for tattoo artists. It connects with an app so that the client can book a drive, like just like Uber. If you need a ride to the airport, you go on there, you, you find it, get the one closest to you. This will be similar, but it'll have ratings, portfolios. It'll show classification. This artist is capable of this type of tattooing. Mm -hmm. This artist is only good at this level. And you can pair up. You can meet at the big locations. It can off also have off-site tattooing at existing studios. It's just going to create a complete network for it's a all huge tattoo ecosystem. studios, artists, and clients across the globe that you'll pay right through the app. There's going to be augmented reality so you could try the tattoo on, which never existed. What? Oh, my God. We're putting an NFT marketplace in the app for tattoo artists so they can now start to get paid and royalties paid to them for their tattoo designs. Yeah. But it also gives clients some kind of idea of what they're getting before, which never existed. Right. You can't get a tattoo that you want. Let me just try it on and see how I think, how, if I like it or not. There's no way to do that. And if you went into a tattoo studio today and asked that, they would be so offended. Well, not only that, but even to get an hour to consult with an artist outside of certified, you're, you're paying $400 just to talk about the design you want, yep. whether or not you're going to hire them or not. And it, yeah, it doesn't make sense it, at all. This, this is like very, very easy. You could do it in the privacy of your home. You try it on. We also have a social media side of this, which already exists in the app store. And uh, you can already use that. That's already, our app already is existing on the app store, but the updates are coming throughout the rest of March, April, and May. Do you want to mention what that is? or is The it... app is, the, it's called the Circus app, C-E-R-C-U-S. It's available in the app store and Google Play. Okay. And uh, the name Circus comes from our, our original name, which was Certified Customs. Okay. And I just kind of switched it up, yep. made it the circus. That's going to create this circus for tattooing across the globe and uh, should be pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> That's cool, man. There's some private jet plays in there, and we got a lot of big, big things that we're going to be connecting throughout all of the country for tattooing. Yeah. It's probably one of the biggest consolidations of an industry that anybody's ever seen before. Yeah, and, and what a business model to follow. I don't care what industry you're in, like – it's just, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, Very cool, man. Thank you. <laughs> so I um, wanted to, I like to end these things by like asking some rapid fire questions. <clears throat> Listeners can get to know you more on a personal level. Okay. Um, you may or may not have something off the top of your head right now, but you're, you're inked up. What is the most meaningful 
tattoo that you have? That one's easy. I've been asked that before, but uh, the first tattoo that I ever got, it was my last name in old English letters across my back. Uh, very typical Latino kind of thing yeah. that we do. And, and it was my best friend's first tattoo. He got the day after me. And pretty much everybody I know has that exact same tattoo. But it was a rite of passage for me. I was 13 years old. It was my dad was there. His friend was the one doing it. Wow. It just kind of was cool. And uh, it means the world to me. I'll never change my last name. So it means uh, it means a lot. Well, you got a pretty fucking cool last it name. It is a so. cool last name, too, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. What else? Um, what what has been? Have you read a book? You mentioned you've read a lot in, in uh, back in the day. What's been a super impactful book that? If it's remember? impactful, I would say just because it's a, a very uh, typical prison kind of book, but it just helped me understand things from different perspectives. It was um, Forty Eight Laws of Power, and it was by Robert Greene. Um, I've also loved that book because it shows me how ridiculous people can be to try to get power. Mm -hmm. and, and it would show a lot about the court life and how kings and all these things in court was. And people were pretty treacherous to get power. But for me, it helped me, you know, pay attention to things in a different way. And you got both perspectives. It talks about the transgression of the law. So if you use this law for power, this is how it could go bad. Mm. And it just always made me start to think about things. One, about power. Two, about how the struggle of trying to get power, if you make it based on bad, it's going to give you bad power. If you do it based on good, you're going to have a lot more. So yeah, it helped me just kind of think about the power that I already have, the power that exists within me and how you can either use that for good or for bad. Luckily for me, I was in, I was literally living that experience for the bad choices that I made. So I saw the power that had. And when I came home and started making positive choices, you could see the power that that gave me. So yeah. It I, changed I, my life. For absolutely. Sure. I read that a few years, years ago. It's an incredible book. Yeah. It's awesome. yeah. How about any individuals, any, any people that you consider a hero or that had uh, a lot to do with your transformation? Man, that's a tough. There's a lot of people for sure. I think I've always just, I'm a, I'm a studious person for sure. I'm looking at people. I, I'm very interested in, uh, older people's biographies. I, I read a lot about like the Dale Carnegie's of the world and I like Charles Schwab's kind of stories and the Heinz ketchup, Henry yep. Heinz and very, very into the, the first people to do things in their industry and some of that, but nobody very specific. I, I don't have a mentor or anybody that I, I can look up to specifically. Uh, Just a collection of yeah, a, like lot a lot of... a lot of positive stuff, man. I, yeah. really, I like Gary Vee. I like uh, Tony Robbins, I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm very into Andy Frazella. He's a, a little more abrasive figure that people like. And Ed Milet is a financial advisor that gives some really awesome advice. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at anybody that has something to offer the world that's not just about getting money. I want to make an impact in the community that's going to be a, a net positive for the world. Like Very a lot cool. of people want to change the world and I don't necessarily want to change the world. I just, I would like to make sure that my existence here at least had a positive impact somehow. Yeah. Love it, man. Well, you're doing it. Sure. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, what is your superpower? Oh man, that's a good one. I've said it's it before, my favorite too. That's a good, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, my superpower is that I'm from Denver, Colorado. 
Oh, uh, man. This is one of the most special places on earth, and uh, we are first adapters to a lot of things, man. Marijuana was here first. Uh, if you read so my, my coming friend down Vince here had posted recently about, uh, I guess we're going to be the first place that's going to accept Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency to pay taxes. So, Really? Uh, that's my oh, superpower, wow. though, as I'm born here, you know, and as I, I travel a lot, I'm in, in Colombia working on my music label, and I have some other clothing line things happening there. They have no idea what Denver is. So I get to show my superpowers. I get to explain to them how I'm from this beautiful place where marijuana was first legalized and, and it's changing the world. Like we we started that here and it's yeah. spread across the globe. Personally changed my life for the better. And it's exciting for me because that is gonna be the place someday, maybe a hundred years down the road where you'll tell a person you're from Denver and they're gonna ask you if you tattoo. And they're going to ask you if you are a part of that tattoo stuff going on there because we have a vision so big that Denver is going to be the home of tattooing someday. And wow. that's the place where kids learn to tattoo or something. That's kind of what I, I see. So yeah. That was my superpowers. I'm from Denver. I love it, man. Uh, that I talk about that all the time. I love, I'm so proud that I get to be in this entrepreneurial ecosystem that is so supportive so forward thinking, so innovative, uh, and uh, so much of what we do here, we're just on the forefront of pushing what's next. There's a ton of firsts here, for yeah, sure. Like Chipotle's from here, Qdoba. There's a, there's a ton of businesses here that have started in Colorado and gone worldwide. So totally. It's awesome, and I'm glad this is where, uh, I've said it before, this is the world's first tattoo studio, and it's yep. born in Denver, And you're going to be one of the next ones, yeah. you're worldwide. Yep, we're going to go cool. across the globe. Yep. And then you mentioned a couple other things. Uh, real quick, just to cap it, what else? Uh, I heard record label, music label. I heard clothing brand. What else are you outside of Man, this I'm a dad. That's the most important part is the dad part. Man. Okay. I, think I, I mentioned everything. Yeah, you have a couple I kiddos, right? Yeah, I have three children. Three, and, okay. Uh, I think that's probably the most important part is making sure that I'm being the guy that they look up to and, and I'm making them proud too and, and showing them too that you can really do anything if you just apply yourself and put that hard work in. But. I think that's it, man. You guys kind of heard a lot of little snippets about what I what I'm cool. working on and stuff like that. But to cool. man, trying to trying to bring some eyes to Denver and, and raise our community a little bit more and just put some spotlights on what we got going on here for our tattoo community. That's it. Cool, dude. You're an inspiration. I so much so appreciate, appreciate you man. being on the show. Thank you for inviting me, man. It was a pleasure meeting you again and then being able to talk some more. Very cool. Yeah,